0: Today with James Roan, the troubadour, <laughs> <laughs> the one and only. The one and only. Although you seem to have many troubadours within you.
1: Yep, that's well. That seems to be. I've played lots of them. Although I will admit that some of them I feel like bear some resemblance to each other.
0: So James is here uh, representing his one-man uh, musical show, Troubadour. Uh, but as always, I am also joined by Philip Simondet uh, here representing his one-man. Descent into sadness. Oh, God. and of course, your host every week is uh, Matt McLeod, who supports Philip somehow. <laughs> great. Uh, so, James, it's great to have you back Thanks. on the show. You have done a lot of big ensemble shows. Mm-hmm. You've done several duos with Jake Scott mm-hmm. as Interplanetary Appeal, and well, and also Tom, uh, Reed. Tom Reed as as Ringo. You've mm-hmm. done musical improv before. Mm-hmm. What led you to Want to uh try this out on your own.
1: Uh I didn't really. I uh I think what happened was one night I was so what'll happen is sometimes my wife Erin, also an improviser, Erin mm-hmm. Shepard. Very good one. Yes. Um sometimes she'll have plans of an evening and <laughs> I and I'm and I'm not part of those plans or sure. you know, choose to stay home or whatever, I'm feeling introverted. And so what I usually do on those nights is I will um is I will have some drinks and listen to lots and lots of music, and then sometimes just like
0: it sounds like a great night. It's a
1: great night, and yeah. and just write about music on Facebook.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I think what happened was I had a few drinks and then submitted a solo uh, entry to Improv Improvogogo. <laughs> yeah, and you got selected. Yeah, because I because when Butch emailed me to to let me know that. I had been selected for the round of improv a go go. I had no recollection of having done <laughs> for a solo improv thing. So that so it's either that or somebody was having some fun with me. Oh, um, I see. But uh, so when when it happened, I was like, well, now I have to figure out what I would sure. do for a solo improv thing. And so some things sort of I was like, well, I could do a scenic thing, you know, mm-hmm. or I could do some monologues or something like that. And I don't remember how I landed on the singer-songwriter thing. I think that I probably was just playing my guitar one day and was like, oh, maybe I could do a thing like that, you know. And I didn't even really have the format of it worked out until Mm -hmm. the night of doing it or the name of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Troubadour show is just kind of what came out. Mm -hmm. And so so that was my inspiration is having is having to do a show
0: <laughs> well it, it's interesting because you are a, a songwriter yes. uh you have a band yeah uh school for girls mm-hmm. that also put out a pretty great record by the way thanks man. uh and, and so it's it's interesting that you hadn't thought to kind of mix the two together because you've been writing songs for what 20 years or so yeah or so okay and so was it when you when you thought to put the two together was it was it sort of like an aha moment or was it like, oh god, I just need to put something up?
1: Oh, it was probably somewhere in between there. Okay. Yeah. I mean I I had made up songs before. I mean, I do it around the apartment all the time sure. to Aaron's chagrin. I'll <laughs> sing about anything that's going on. You know, and as you mentioned with Ringo, um mm-hmm. Tom and I had improvised sort of harmony, close harmony folk songs before. Sure. And so I'd done that. Uh and then being part of the comedy sports cast, you know, there's lots of improvised singing and yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And so it, I wasn't, as you as you acknowledge, I wasn't new to musical improv or anything like that. It just hadn't really occurred to me that uh, that would be particularly entertaining to anybody before then. You OK. Know? So, yeah. Yeah. It just hadn't really occurred to me. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so coming up with improvised lyrical songs mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. one thing. Yeah. Coming up with improvised guitar, mm-hmm. like while you're playing acoustic guitar. hmm. I would imagine, is something entirely different. Is it? Or how how long have you been playing and how easy is it for you to be able to accomplish that task?
1: Um, So I've been playing guitar since I was probably about 14 and I'm 38 now. So whatever that math is.
0: 65 years.
1: 65 years. Wow. Is that right?
0: Yes. Oh my god! I'm an English teacher.
1: Wow. Okay. So I've been playing guitar for 65 years. Well, it should be much easier for me than it is. Then I <laughs> guess is the answer. Um, what I'm doing on the guitar is um, is I am playing the stuff that is always at the front of my brain. And mm-hmm. so, so I'm not I'm not approaching playing the guitar the same way as I would if I were writing a song. Of course. So if yeah. I was if I was trying to write a song, I was talking to Philip about this before. But I would try to sort of surprise myself, or mm-hmm. I would try to I try to sort of look at what some other songwriter has done in terms of chord changes and mm-hmm. push myself to try something I haven't done to see if that gives me some ideas about melody or lyric. Sure. But when I am doing Troubadour, I'm oftentimes playing the changes that are naturally in, that sense. are intuitive to me. Yeah. Sure. Which is what most improvising musicians for improv do. Like mm-hmm. even people who are like prodigiously talented, like, right. you know, Andy Crowley or Jack Barrett who are right. Or like, um, uh, Peter Girton, like mm-hmm. the the piano accompanists who do a lot of the improvising in town, those guys are like phenomenally talented. But I would imagine that they are playing the things that are at the front of their head. Like, so, oh, this is a scene where somebody just walked into a saloon. So I'll do my sort of like barroom saloon. They bit. know the tropes. They know the tropes. And that's kind of that's what I'm doing, too. OK. And they are. On occasion I will do something by accident okay. and I'll be like, "Oh, that's weird. I went to a chord that isn't in that key and now I've got to find a way to like mm-hmm. melodically justify that." Yeah. And that's that's fun and really it. scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah.
0: Do, do you ever find yourself so comfortable in the middle of a song that you do feel able to kind of think ahead and instead of going with the, the maybe the standard mm-hmm. crawl, you're able to go a different way? No, (laughs) no, You're just I mean, it's using up so much brain space that you just are sticking with.
1: Well, yes and no. I mean, like it there are times, as I say, where I do things that are are not sort of that are not tropes I'm aware of or that are not tropes I've written before. But it's not because I'm planning them ahead. It's actually almost the opposite. I understand. It's because like so much of my brain is occupied by this sort of juggling act that I'm doing that all of a sudden I'll be playing you know, a C in the key of A, which is not that like, oh my God, you know. <laughs> but it <laughs> but, might not be standard. Right, exactly, right.
0: yeah. I, I'm guessing you may even surprise yourself then, mm-hmm. is yeah, that's, kind of what you're saying? Yep, yeah. which
1: is what I want, because the danger of doing a solo improv show, of course, is that because nobody else can call you out on doing nice. something that you've done before or planned ahead, right? Um, that you could find yourself like, writing a character in advance or like, you know, right. even like writing melody or whatever. And then just like throwing in the title of the song that was given to you. And that's the last thing I want that would feel so phony. And so Sure. ideally that happens.
0: You know. So yeah, the, a lot of people are, pretty terrified about doing solo improv anyway right uh, and most of that fear is like what's going to happen if i get 15 minutes in and forget about what to do next right. like it, do, it doesn't seem i mean first of all it seems like you set up a really nice form yeah that's not going to happen right uh, you're interacting with the audience you're getting suggestions from the audience about what the next song is mm-hmm. and then you're talking with them like a good singer songwriter would sure or so, like a bad one would or like a yeah. bad one would <laughs> yeah. Actually, let's flip to that. So mm-hmm. let, let's talk about kind of what sort of characters have you selected mm-hmm. um, and where have you gotten the inspiration from some of for some of these characters?
1: Um, well, so when I noticed that I was starting to like there was a kind of character that came up more than once early in the run uh, in the last run that I did of this at huge theater. sure. And he was sort of like a like a know-it- all kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also I noticed that I was playing older guys who had had, A long and storied career with lots of sort of like drug addled pitfalls. Mm -hmm. And those are really fun characters to play. Of course, yeah. Um, But I was like, I don't want to just play that guy all the time. Mm -hmm. And so the way that I try to push myself into different kinds of characters is by thinking about the venue they're playing in. Okay. So, like, my favorite one that i did in the last run was actually the last one i did Mm -hmm. um it was a guy who the audience named marcus bravo and he was um he worked at a call center for merrill lynch and he was playing his first ever open mic that's and so that's awesome that was really fun yeah and and also he didn't have very many stories about songwriting or about the life of a rock and roller or anything like that which i still love yeah and I'm aware that I'll be doing a bit of improvising later on, and so I'm nervous about even sort of talking about the things I don't want to do because I'll probably do them now. Of but course, like, yeah.
0: Um, Damn ether.
1: Right. Uh, but uh, but that was so fun to just sort of play a character for whom music is just a hobby. Yeah. And um, But a passion. Yeah, but a passion. And so then I've – but then characters have also been playing, like I've had a character play at, like, the Cincinnati Zoo. Mm-hmm. A character played, like – I played a stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was a guy who was on, like – he called it like the path to destruction tour or something like that and he was playing like fogarty style rock and roll but he was also like it turned out like three quarters of the way through the show it turned out he was a hardline conservative republican <laughs> 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 which really threw the audience for a loop they because they had been like vociferously like vociferously like you know brucing me like the whole time but you know by which i mean like calling out like bruce springsteen style cheers sure yeah they were like on board this train and then when it turned out that he was like a a get out of get out of our country or pay the taxes kind of republican they were like oh do we cheer anymore
0: utter confusion (laughs) sets in on the crowd Yeah. yeah
1: but i mean just to i think to to answer your question more fully i think um i've been ingesting media about musicians you know like hungrily since i was a kid right like it's been my favorite thing anytime i see any kind of musician on any kind of media i'm like what are they saying what's going on and so i'm really familiar with the kind of nonsense that musicians say and do and and this is
0: your chance to call on all of that exactly which has got to be a a really fun Mm -hmm. thing how has your performance through the show sorry your performance in the show uh evolved since conception to now i mean the original Mm go-go run was when about half a year ago I don't remember now okay uh,
1: I don't remember it might have been more than that now
0: and then you also did the all alone didn't you
1: yep I did the solo showcases
0: so well. actually it's more than that mm-hmm. at least nine months ago yeah
1: how's it evolved um it I think that early on I was excited about taking taking these big sort of narrative risks mm-hmm. so like I played a character at one point who was a country musician who had come out as gay early in his, or like midway through his career and lost Mm -hmm. a bunch of his audience, which sounds like an interesting story. Absolutely. But it felt, um, it felt forced. Um, And I think that it was because I was, or it felt forced to me. Mm -hmm. And I think it was because I was sort of self-consciously trying to ask myself, where else can this go, James? You know, surely it's not just this, you know? Um, And I think that the show has become, more fun for me to perform and more comfortable, the less pressure I put on myself to make it be anything it doesn't want to be, sure. which is just improv 101. But when you're doing it by yourself, it's hard to follow those rules sometimes.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. When you're up there and when you do feel maybe like you've hit a little bit of a, you know, a wall or something like that, I'm assuming that that does happen or does it, or do you, do you feel like you have enough options at your disposal that you never really do.
1: It only happens when my brain gets narrow and hard, you okay. know? So, like, that's the example. The example I just gave you is a good one of that. Okay. Like, I kind of feel like I was sort of narrowing in on someplace, but then I was trying to build a path to get there. Okay. And so... Limiting. It was really limiting. Yeah. Because, and it gave me less sort of, like, fun ideas. And so, like, as long as I just keep my brain and my focus really soft, then just dumb shit comes to me. And mm-hmm. that, that's what I said. And it
0: just constantly carries. Yeah. Okay. About how many songs do you play per show?
1: I started out by by asking for ten, and then I would do nine and do one as an encore. Yeah. But then that almost always because I I almost prefer the talking part. Yeah. And so that I would go on forever, and then I'd be like, "Oh hell!" And I'd have to like turn two of them into a like a commercial jingle sure. that I wrote for Hallmark or something like that. And so um, so now I ask for seven usually seven okay. or eight yeah.
0: Have you considered like different places that you could take this particular show?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be playing I'm gonna be doing it at the Warming House mm-hmm. um, which is a local venue it's opened in the last couple of years that specializes in small acoustic shows. Mm-hmm. And so School for Girls, my band, played there a while ago and it was a really fun show mm-hmm. and I thought, well, this would be a perfect place to do this. And so mm-hmm. depending upon how that goes I might start to try to market the show to other music venues. Mm-hmm. I think it could be fun to have, you know, a troubadour character open for somebody. Yeah. I don't know how it would play, but I th- I feel like well, it's unique. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I think so, and it's different from trying to do a stand-up set before rock and roll, mm-hmm. or trying to do, you know, a regular improv set or something mm-hmm. like that, because I have a guitar and I am I am making actual music. Like right. The, the exactly. thing that the venue is set up to do. So that could be kind of a fun thing. So I want to see how it goes at the Warming House. Um, I'm keen to do another run at Huge. Um, but I really, at this point, I'm really wide open to wherever I can bring it. Because it's mm-hmm. it's very easy for me to take to different places, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just me. But also, I love doing it. Like yeah. It is it is one of my favorite things right now. It's so self-indulgent. Well,
0: yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. But it also doesn't seem like you're approaching it that way.
1: Say more about that. Uh, <laughs> well...
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a solo show, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's sort of like how let's say a, a meta scene can be really self indulgent, mm-hmm. but it's not if it's been worked towards. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's like your whole life is kind of worked towards this sort of show. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah. it doesn't seem as self indulgent as somebody yeah. who would just jump up on stage and be like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna be the center of attention and make some silly songs."
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think sort of helps it to feel more comfortable for me is that from the first show that I did as part of the Friday night run, Mm -hmm. I asked the audience to imagine that they had voluntarily chosen to come and see that performer that night. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I'll say, you know, whether, so let's say that the character's name is Mac, Mac Frisco. Mm -hmm. I'll say, imagine that tonight you've chosen to come and see Mac Frisco, whether it's because you're his grandmother and you feel obligated, Mm -hmm. or you're like a lifelong Mac head. Mm -hmm. Like, you're here tonight because this is what you wanted to see. And the audience gets into that idea. Which is great. Yeah, and so then when I have them turn the lights down and come back on as Mac Frisco, they're almost always like chanting, or like they they make a lot of noise (laughs) for the character. And so then And and then you know some some of the audience members like to holler things out and stuff like that. Sure. But that's okay. We love you, Mac. Yeah, stuff like that, or like they'll call out a request because they know what songs are coming later. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll be like, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, or whatever. (laughs) And so so that's a really I love that stuff because typically speaking in an improv show, um, you know, we don't welcome constant input. Right. And um, and it can be annoying, and hecklers can be. I haven't gotten heckled in this show or anything like that, but I've had some really enthusiastic participants, Mm -hmm. and that feels great, and it feels fun to be able to sort of like welcome them into the show in that way, Mm -hmm. and so then it doesn't just feel like me up there, you know, doing my thing regardless of the audience, you know, so they can be part of it too, which is fun, and they've given me everything, and you know, like they've given me everything I'm going to work with, so so they feel much more a part of it. So
0: That's tremendous. I mean, most improv shows aren't able to interact with the audience much at all
2: right i am Uh, going to start opening improv shows by telling the audience to pretend that they wanted to see us
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is nice i mean like the fact fact that i'm having them welcome a different character on stage gives me an excuse to be like hey
3: are you guys excited tonight bullshit get more excited
2: We're going to put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. I'll just be like, please pretend Ten, that like you, you meant to, to download <laughs> this podcast.
0: Are there things that you want to artistically do with this show that you haven't quite done yet? Or have you not thought that far ahead? I
1: don't know. I mm-hmm. I, I guess I haven't really. What I hope is just by doing it lots and lots, it will like continue to become a sharper knife. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I like I, I think that what's likely to happen is that as I feel myself repeating myself. Yeah. I'm likely to be sort of like, okay, what else, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I have to be careful about that because, you know, as we've discussed on this podcast before, like I can get very high concept very fast. And um, sometimes that stuff gets in the way. Um, It can be, you know, it can push you to some exciting things sometimes, but I don't really want to do a high concept thing for this. I think that one thing I would like to do is I would like to figure out more and more ways to make it feel like a real show okay like a real rock show that somebody's Mm -hmm. gone to see and Mm -hmm. so like when i do the show again uh, i want to encourage the the person in the tech booth to you know if it seems like it's a slower number if i'm setting them up for that yeah Mm -hmm. like think about what kind of lights you want to do for that like be Mm -hmm. the rock sound designer Mm -hmm. i want to think about like several of my friends who've come to see the show have said i wonder what it would be like Without the opening, because in the opening right now, I come out I, I get I get the suggestions of songs from the guitar case. And, yeah. and now I have the audience name the character as well, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But that all in all said and done, that takes about four minutes, you know, mm-hmm. which is a long opening. It is. And I don't mind it. Like I'm kind of enjoying it, like building, you know, rapport with the audience and stuff. Like and that. expectation, especially yeah.
0: for people who aren't like who are new or novice to improv shows.
1: But also I do think there's something fun about sort of saying, expect these songs, you know, Yes, Mm -hmm. but
0: it lets them play.
1: Yeah, it does. But it would also be a fun thing to see what would happen sometime. If just like lights came up and here you were at a concert, you Mm -hmm. know, so that could be, that could be cool too. Either way. I just want to, that is a direction I'd like to point it. So more like a rock concert. Cool. So I'm trying to think about like what are some of the other conventions of that that we could blend
0: into the show, you know? It it might put some audience members on the heels on their heels a little bit and be like, is his name actually Mac? <laughs> right, right. Which would be fun. Speaking of someone who's not fun at all, <laughs> let me throw the microphone over to Philip Simondet for a brand new segment that we call Phillips, Phillips Corner! Corner. It's Phillips Corner.
1: I've been on the show enough now <laughs> to be able to say that there's nothing new about Philip's Corner.
0: <laughs> uh, it's not true. It's a brand new segment. It's a brand new uh, segment my mistake. for my this m- show. Okay. All right. Well, let's see We're how just it trying goes. it out. It's like uh, a beta test.
1: Yeah. Let's see how it goes. <laughs>
2: James. Yeah. As you don't know, in Philip's Corner, I'm going to stare into your, <laughs> into your eyes uh, and come up with some questions. They're going to be bad, as mm. you do not know. And you will be responsible for answering so well that they seem like good questions. Okay. Otherwise, Matt won't let me do this a second time. <laughs> as far as you
1: know. Yep. That's right. Okay.
2: James. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything that you need permission from your wife to do? No. Really?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. I don't need, no, not permission. We check in with each other about stuff, you know, so I might be like, Hey, I was thinking I was going to do this on this night. Is that cool with you? You know, but, but nothing. No, I don't think we have a permission kind of relationship. I mean, like if I want to take a lady love, (laughs) (laughs) I assume Uh, she'd be fine with it. I I haven't tried, (laughs) but I assume she'd be fine. If I wanted to buy myself a sweet motorcycle and ride it off of a cliff. I'm not asking for permission to do those kinds of things because I'm my own man. (laughs) And that's the way I choose to walk this dragon's tongue of a life.
2: Have you ever driven a motorcycle? No. Ridden on?
1: I, when I was a, when I was a kid in England, my uncle, which uncle was it? My aunts went through uncles pretty quick. Um, uh,
2: They didn't ask permission. permission. (laughs) They did not ask
1: permission. Yeah, no. I, one of them had a motorcycle. I think it might have been Uncle Eric had a motorcycle, and he took us for rides on it. And I thought it was terrifying. <laughs> I did not like it, and I don't. It doesn't appeal to me at all.
2: What is the most adventurous thing that you are comfortable doing?
1: I think improv, possibly. I think that you know, like when I talk to when I talk to my colleagues at work um, at a at an elementary school, and colleagues at all works I've had they always sort of express this amazement you know the like the we do it without a script and just last night at huge i was in the bathroom and i i was trying to think about whether i should be gross there but i'm not going to be gross um (laughs) but i was in the bathroom and i was listening to two people outside of the door having the classic conversation about the thing they just seen they just seen kings perform and they were like how much of that do you think they had come up with in advance you know (laughs) And every, I just, every time. it is so weird. And I know that, like, I'm not going to reach anybody by saying this on your podcast right. because this is a podcast, presumably, for people who know what improv is and, and why we do it. But, like, it is so absurd to me that anybody would think that it would be easier to come up with a fresh scripted show <laughs> every week. Every
0: week, or more than once a week.
1: I know. It, I like, know. why would we do that? That is so labor intensive. <laughs> with
2: enough wiggle room to, like, insert their <laughs> suggestions so yeah. it seems so we can dupe them. Or like, something
0: topical <laughs> that just happens happened that day yeah, or
2: yeah. or plan somebody kicking over a bottle in the audience so we can react to that as <laughs> if it's in and, and
0: rip off of it
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. for 5 minutes. Yeah. So, uh so I think improv is pretty adventurous, but like the things that I like I never think of them as being adventurous, you know what I mean? Like sure. when I hear about friends who've like ridden bicycles to the top of a mountain in Peru, I'm like Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that sounds horrible. Why would you put yourself through that? And they're like, Well, it's an adventure. And I'm like, yeah, That sounds like the kind of yeah. adventure that you could die during. And then and then later on, like in your life, people would be like, Oh, I really like that guy. What happened to him? Oh, he wasted his death on a bicycle. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's the way I feel about that stuff. I'm just,
2: Wasted well, his death? Yeah. Okay, final question. Yeah. What is the best way to die?
1: Oh, I would say the best way to die is without illness. On the same night as your significant other asleep. Yes. <laughs> That's
0: know. the yeah.
2: correct answer. Yeah. yeah. That has been Philip's Corner. All Thank right. you so much.
0: Uh, Philip? Yes, Matt. Uh, you get to do it again. Ooh. For the first time. Great.
1: You're welcome, Philip.
0: Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much, James. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, James, are you ready to put on a show for our listeners? Sure. Next up, And we're back here on WJK1. The smooth drive. It's That's a-
2: right. Uh, we just got done listening to a batch of commercials, so I hope you're ready now for a batch of ear commercials. That's what we like to call the easy
0: listening tunes. That's right, Rick. You're you're here with Rick and Rick, and we. That's right, Rick. We have a uh, special treat for all you easy listen heads out there, and uh, we have one of your favorites here in studio with us, stopping by just because he had a couple hours to kill before tonight's show. We've got.
1: I'm Orwell Frank. Thanks, brothers. It's good to be here with you tonight.
0: Hey, it's good to have you here. Always, Orwell. always a pleasure. Uh, it's really nice of you to stop by here, Orwell. I was uh, worried that you weren't going to be able to make it.
1: Yeah, man. We had some real difficulties getting out of Idaho.
0: Well, you know, that state, they get all clogged up with all those uh, deadheads. Well,
1: you <laughs> know, <laughs> of course. They, <laughs> Watch it, yeah, Rick. Yeah, you got to be careful. But Watch it was actually it. a logging disaster.
0: Really? Yeah, there, oh.
1: it was uh, It was terrible, actually. There huh. was a, a, a giant logging frigate. Are you aware that it's frigates that carry logs? I wasn't. I wasn't either. Um, I was corrected in no uncertain terms by the state trooper um, who was in charge of cleaning up the scene. It was terrible. So there was a logging frigate that was um, about 10, 15 paces ahead of the old tour van. And uh, he must have hit, I don't know... Maybe some mashed potatoes in the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I appreciate you paying uh, it forward to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so the uh, so hit some mashed potatoes in the road uh, uh, and slid erratically around until all of the contents of his frigate were blocking the road.
0: Sounds terrible.
1: It it would be terrible had we not put some pretty impressive uh, heavy tires onto the front of the tour van only the night before it wasn't my idea trust me i was i was spending the evening with a beautiful lady but my <laughs> tour manager cuzwell that is, is his last name we all just call him cuz my tour manager cuz is he's big into like big wheel trucks and things like that and so yeah, who isn't
0: these days well hmm. i
1: guess me i'm not that's <laughs> not my thing really uh, it seems a little intense seems a little aggressive you know what i mean like life is short Fill it with beautiful ladies, a bowl of ice cream.
0: And smooth, easy listening music. Well, I won't argue That's with right. that.
1: That's yeah. right. Anyway, so uh, we we managed to to get over most of the logs, but we had to stick around and give testimony um, in court. In about, court yeah, testimony. Yeah, about what we saw. They, they managed to cobble together a court very quickly, and we, we testified, every last man, Jack and Jill of us.
0: Perhaps did they... Build the cord out of the fallen logs? Oh, oh. Rick,
2: oh Rick, oh <laughs> they, Rick.
1: They didn't, but I like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I realize I'm pretty far behind. You'll have to excuse me, my mind works awfully slow, but I'm curious if a frigate is because it's a lar- bundle of large sticks, whereas a faggot is a l- bundle of small sticks. Any relation you, you think. You
1: know, brother, I don't know, but uh I think that your word association is far out. I like the way that your mind works, and it feels like it's well lubricated and running
2: just fine to
0: me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Orwell. Yeah, no problem. So, Orwell, I heard from your manager that you might be interested in playing a song or two for us Well, as it
1: happens, I brought the old girl in with me today. I'd be happy to see if the two of us can strum a little something out for you.
2: Oh, there she is. Her name again is... Suzetta. Suzetta.
1: That's right.
0: It'd be great if Suzetta and Orwell here could play a uh, ear play an ear marshal for us and I'd I'd prefer preferably to to hear take me out to the bank
1: take me out to the bank so first tune from the second side of the most recent album a long ride from home take me out to the bank here you go <clears throat>
3: Oh, life I take it as it comes Oh, life Easy does it Oh, and if A man in a suit Asks me to get up Before the dawn I say, take me to the bank I'll show you where I take My money from I take it from The bank of love I say, take me to the bank your green moolah no, 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 no mama, I need your lovin' I need your lovin' tonight a pair of chandeliers dangling from her ears she's looking mighty fine and that neckline's low Pair of alligator boots She's walking down the road I sidle up beside her And with respect I say Hey baby, take me to the bank Just walk me down the line Show me a good mama I'll show you a good time Let me empty out my savings I do not need your coins All I need is your time, good looking I think that I'll be fine Take me to the bank that's yeah. far right.
0: Out. Thank you, Orwell. Thanks, brother. Mr. Thanks. Frank, you took me pleasure. to church and the bank.
1: <laughs> uh, never been a religious man myself, but no, I take that as a compliment.
0: Me either. But that's uh, that's what the kids say. Mm-hmm. I'm very religious. Hmm. It's true. Rick is Rick is mighty religious. Is that right? That's
2: right. Yeah, I don't go anywhere or do anything without asking God's permission first. I just think that's the only right way to do it. I would never want to do anything that would make my lord angry. Well,
1: that's your bag, man. Just so long as your lord is a laid-back kind of fella, then I suppose there's not too much harm in
2: that. Well, he lets me do this show, so he's got to be pretty cool. I guess he does.
0: (laughs) Ever since Rick found the lord, he has been twice the DJ that he was before. Is that right? That's right. I, uh,
2: I feel like there's a guiding light picking the songs to play and the... Quips to make <laughs> well,
1: Whatever guys. your hand, my friend Anytime we come through town, this is always the station We tune on Tune in? Tune,
0: in, tune in, turn yeah, on
1: Tune in and turn on Alright, yeah, I like that okay.
0: Tune in, turn on, far out
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's right, that's the, uh, that's the slogan for the station, right? That's right Which one of you fellas came up with that?
0: <laughs> I uh, believe it was It was all Rick, Rick. It was oh. all Rick
1: and Was that pre or, pre or post-conversion?
2: It was po- pre for me. Mm. That's right. Uh, quite frankly, I don't think Jesus is one hundred percent on board, but he does hasn't asked me to
0: change it yet.
1: That's cool of him. That's a that's cool of him. I might have had Jesus wrong. I might have to look more into his bag.
0: Speaking of which, didn't mm. you have a song about "I Got Jesus Wrong"?
1: Well, that's a weird coincidence. Yeah, I do, actually. Maybe that's why that phrase was on my mind. Uh, That tune I actually wrote on my first record. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's before I was with uh, the rest of the band that I play with now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was playing with a bunch of cats who were Norwegian guys, actually.
0: Oh, Some Norwegian
1: guys. I, for a brief time, had been exiled from the United States. Uh, some misunderstandings about of course. tax documents and magazines that happens
0: to all of us. Yeah,
1: and um, so I found myself in Norway, and I can tell you this much: um, those folks, they know how to take good care of themselves during the winter time mm. because it gets mighty cold there, and so they mm. they know how to take it easy. You know, uh, it's different from California life. You know, it's a lot of blankets and hot cocoa, but, you know, you can find your way easy enough to some comfort through those double doors.
0: Hmm. (laughs) Well, Rick. Yes, Rick. (laughs) I, I know that you had that embarrassing question that you that your daughter wanted you to ask. Okay. Don't yep. be embarrassed. Oh, all, all right. All kinds of questions.
1: Well,
2: this one's a doozy, Orwell. All right. Okay. all right. But I promised my sweet little tiff that I would ask. Okay. She wrote it here on this paper. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Look at this do handwriting. Me, do you want me to read it? No, I can read okay. it. I can read it. She said, Orwell, mm. please tell me, because you can't spell please, right? Oh, that's I'm trying trying to read it, read it the way that she wrote it.
1: Yep. So P W E A
2: S. Yeah, that's right. Okay. P- okay. Please tell me about the uh, metaphysical influences that have guided your hand when when writing songs and the uh, and tell me elaborate on the uh, metaphors behind one song in particular.
1: Wow, that is uh that's not what I expected. I <laughs> that's
2: embarrassing. I'm sorry no. about that. She, she
0: she is a graduate level student. <laughs> oh. She's just not a good, very good speller.
1: Well, you might want to. All right. Well, to be honest, I was expecting something more like along the lines of "Would you sign this photograph from Tiger Beat Magazine?" Well,
0: from my from my daughter. That's what I've got. Oh well, so I'd be
1: happy to do that after you. the show. Uh, but uh, to answer the question that you've asked me, is there a particular song that you think that she'd be interested in hearing the metaphysical roots of?
2: Or? That's yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiff's favorite song of yours has got to be. Hair in my, in my eyes, eyes. you, you on my, my mind.
1: mind. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm afraid I'm going to come up short on this one because I don't believe any metaphysical force was working on me for that one. No, the, uh, the force that was working on me for that one was the, the force of sweet lovemaking. Although some would argue that's a that's a Metaphysical force <laughs> yeah, right. on its own. It depends upon the, the lovely lady you're spending yeah. your, your evening with. Is and it? this this particular lovely lady was a lovely lady who was from the north of California. Hmm. And her name was, well, hmm. I don't kiss and tell. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Mr. Frank.
1: Yeah, well, uh, but it was a beautiful night, one to remember. In the morning, I woke up alone. Uh, I was surprised. Uh, I, I usually, I'm not one who typically leaves with the morning light. I like to spend the next day with the lady love, walking through the canyons and, uh, counting the thorns on a cactus, um, making some herbal tea, going and getting some pancakes, uh, checking out a drive-in movie, sharing hopes for when we become elderly. It may not go past that one day, but my one-night stands are typically the night and the whole next day. But she was gone, and I was surprised. And so you know, and and she was disappointed. She was, I, I, w- I was disappointed, but she was a here-suit woman, and so she left a lot of hair in my eyes and a lot of her on my mind. So that's... Uh, would you care to hear that, too? I would love to hear that. I it. would
2: All love right. it. So would Tiff, I'm sure.
1: All right, here we go. Let's see. I believe it goes a little something like this. <laughs> ¶¶
3: that we might have Walk down Main Street looking for you Oh darling Is it something I said Was it when I asked you Whether you'd like to go to bed It can't be that Cause you did We spent an evening in the throes of lust Like a deep, deep, rich wine. Uh. I got hair in my eyes, yeah Chica-chow-chow I got you on my mind, I yeah It's scratching my eyeballs and I gonna have to get my corny, 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 corny is checked. I got you on my mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, Thank you. Thank you, brother. Tiff is gonna love that. That's the new soul, man. Right right.
1: I uh, I don't usually like to get too. I don't like to usually push the decibel level that high. Um, but uh, you know, I'll be honest. My feelings were hurt. You know, I mm. I was
0: lovelorn. I was heartsick. And you did have to get your corneas checked. Didn't
1: uh, you? That was a pain in the butt. I bet.
0: I don't mind telling you
1: because. uh I don't have insurance. And so going to, is it an ophthalmologist or an optometrist? Well, an
0: optometrist has a PhD, but an ophthalmologist is a specialist. So okay. the, so they're the ones that can do like surgeries, all right, stuff like that.
1: Which one's the cheaper one? Optometrist. That's the one I went to. All he could really do is confirm that I had scratched my cornea.
0: Which, then he can't do anything about it, and it's like a
1: wasted trip. It felt that way. Although, it was nice to have that confirmed, because I thought, you know, what if I'm losing my eyesight? Right,
0: which you probably are.
1: Well, right, but I thought that I might be losing it for some sort of terrifying reason, like syphilis or something like that. I mean, like, I try to be careful and everything, but... You know, if it could happen to Henry VIII, it could mm. happen to me. Yeah. So, did it happen to Henry the 8th? That seems
0: likely, right? Uh, probably. I don't I <laughs> didn't pay much <laughs> I mean, attention in school. I was too and, busy. And you know, he didn't even spend a lot of time on the road.
1: That's right. Well, I, you know, I don't know too much about it. As I say, like I I was too busy like staring out the window and like mm. thinking about girls and mm. and uh, this beautiful yellow uh Corvette mm. that mm. my stepfather had. So I was always thinking about that beautiful yellow Corvette and what it would be like to drive a beautiful lady mm. down the Pacific Coast Highway in it. You know?
0: Did that ever happen? It
1: did not. He left my mother high and dry. <sighs> so the only part of that man that I admire any longer is that beautiful yellow Corvette, which mm. he didn't deserve. And if I ever see it, I'm going to steal it. Mm. In fact, I've resolved if I ever see a yellow convertible Corvette, I'll take it on principle. Hmm. even if I'm not sure that it belongs to him, because there's no way that that car deservedly belongs to anybody but me. That's fair. I think so. That's not very mellow of me. I will own that. But, you know, not all part of a man's life are mellow. He just tries to mellow out the harsh parts. See, Mm -hmm. now that's why why you're a complex songwriter. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you very much. I believe you you were right.
0: Speaking Hmm. of complexities mm. let's let's talk about the draft dodge
1: oh if you like sure we can talk about that.
0: so you admittedly dodged the draft right man four times yes it's weird because that required you to have four birthdays right but you do i do have four birthdays yeah,
1: i'm four times as old as most people my age so, <laughs> so you've been playing uh, guitar for 65 yeah. years yeah well i suppose if you do the math
0: uh, i did but you said publicly, you don't give a damn if your fans go to mm-hmm. war, mm-hmm. but you will never go. That's right. Okay. So, right. do you want to take a moment and explain to your fans what you meant by that? Sure. What I mean is that, you know,
1: they're free mm-hmm. to walk the road of their own destiny.
0: Oh, see, now that makes so much more sense. You know, so That's they're they
1: are welcome to put on their own overalls one foot at a time mm-hmm. and then lace up their boots and walk down that old dusty highway. And if that old dusty highway l- leads them to my door, mm-hmm. I will happily pack my picnic basket and join them for a day of fun. But if that day of fun ends with us at a fork in the road, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. going down one part of that fork leads them to Vietnam, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the other the other one leads to Norway, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm probably going to park company with them if they choose to go to Vietnam.
0: That's all I meant by that. It's a very clear yeah. metaphor.
1: I thought so too. And I don't understand why there is so much uproar about it, you know, like don't we all determine our own fate ultimately? I mean, doesn't every piper play his own sad song?
2: Well, I am the exact opposite of you. I actually uh, did four tours. Did you? Okay. In Vietnam, well, killed four people. Three that's... were clean, one uh haunts me to this day but I just okay. believe that I should do what I'm told well, either exactly. by the lord so, or the government. All
1: right so there you go that's your perspective on life and that's mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. from mine and so you did what you chose like your hobby is uh is war and my hobby is you know making love with beautiful women mm-hmm. after drinking mm-hmm. a deep rich red wine.
2: What I like most is that even though we're different people you're Music speaks to me nonetheless. Uh,
1: I'm glad to hear that. That's good. That's good. And so maybe the next time you get to that fork in the road, you will join me in Norway. (laughs) Just like it's everybody's choice to do. None of us has that choice more readily available than anybody else. And so the fact that I chose to do what I did does not bother my conscience uh, even a little bit. See,
0: now that's what I admire about you. You just live... And move forward.
1: That's right. What what other direction is there to walk? Wow! Yeah. Wow! Because it, because let's face it: if you take a step backwards, are you even walking anymore? You're doing some that's sort that's of a, weird backwards thing. That's a dance is at that, that point. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is that your inspiration for the song? Mm-hmm. Not many directions to walk.
1: It is actually. Yeah, I was encouraged by some of my fans um, to attempt. Sort of like a social protest song, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because uh, because it became clear through my four draft dodges that I was opposed to the war. Mm -hmm. I think that what maybe has been misinterpreted is is that I had an opinion on like global affairs, which
0: is important. Most so many artists don't.
1: Sure, I'm one of those. I don't have an opinion on any of those sorts of things. What I what I was mainly concerned with is not being shot by a person.
0: Interesting. Yeah. That's and, a hot take. <laughs> right.
1: So I... Uh, uh, but I, I indulge my fans because um, they are the people who pay for my lifestyle. And so I thought, uh, by writing not many...
0: Not Many Directions to Walk. Not Many
1: Directions to Walk. Forgive me, I don't have the LP in front of me right now. No, that's fine. I thought that by writing Not Many Directions to Walk, I would sort of give them a little something for them, and I keep a little something for me, and the little something I would keep would be the royalties from the sale of the album.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that is the Orwell Frank that we know and love. Yeah.
1: I'd be happy to to sing it for you if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Orwell Frank,
0: WKJ1. You're listening, easy listening.
3: When you put one foot In front of the other Ask yourself Is that walking? When you put one foot Behind the other Ask yourself is that walking if you go overseas and someone's shooting at you someone that you never met before ask yourself is that walking if you spend your life reading newspapers if you spend your life reading real sad books about like philosophy ask yourself one more time is that walking oh, There are many directions to scream There are many directions to dance But only one direction to walk So walk on you get a card that has a number on it and the number tells you the order in which you'll be called to serve your country and if that terrifies you to your very core and you think to yourself oh my god I could probably die I've heard about people dying in this war at an alarmingly fast rate and I'd rather not join them I mean, maybe I should have been paying more attention when my friends were saying
1: ways that you could still serve your country without killing a person. But you were
3: living your life. And you were not taking a wife. And you were drinking deep and steady from the cup of life. Oh, ho, ho.
1: Walk in. So it speaks for itself. Really. Yeah, I was very cogent and clear take I,
0: on. I, I, I felt like you know you spoke so universally.
1: Yeah, I. Some have told me I have that gift. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. Uh, somebody said that Bob Dylan was the voice of his generation, right? Well. And then he said, No, I'm not.
0: Yeah, Orwell, s- Frank.
1: Well, that's well, he didn't say that But <laughs> I, what I'm saying is that by abdicating that position He left it open Right And it's just anybody can take it Right So I wrote that song and I feel like it's kind of mine now I mean, if he doesn't want it
2: He didn't say it's not Orwell Frank He didn't Frank. say it's not Orwell
1: Frank <laughs> And by not saying that it isn't Orwell Frank He's in a way sort of saying that it is
0: That's fair That's a good point, Rick That's right, Rick <clears throat> Orwell Mm-hmm It's time for the hard-hitting questions portion of the interview.
1: Ooh, I wasn't aware that there was a part of the interview like that. I don't like hard hits.
0: Well... We like to keep it easy listening, but mm -hmm.
2: hard asking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Well, I'll do my best. Okay.
0: Pretty soon, the Oscars are coming up. Who's your pick? Oh, right right to the quick.
1: Well, if I'm being honest... Uh, I don't see a lot of movies all the way through. Okay. Because they're usually drive drive-through movies. Tell you what. I usually bring a beautiful lady. Okay. And by act two, neither one of us is watching the screen. Fair. If If you know what I'm saying, I'm talking about sex.
0: Now I know what you're saying. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> so, in this hard-hitting portion, mm-hmm. if you don't want to answer a question, you just say pass. Oh. Okay. All right. Or if you want to answer part of a question, you can do that too. All right. Okay. Sure. That was a fail on my part. <laughs> we but don't get too many of those, do we, Rick? No. <laughs> but let's uh, let's try another one. Hard hitting question. All right. Boxers or briefs? Mm, that's oh, a good getting question. Getting personal, Rick. I'm getting it's, personal. It is
1: weird to compare mm-hmm. things that are so unlike each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I never I did wrestling when I was in high school mm-hmm. uh, mainly mm-hmm. because. At my school, that was the only sport that was offered, and um, the equipment manager was a girl I had my eye on. Of so, course. Uh, so that's the only experience I really have with martial arts. But when I think about, I mean, I did enjoy Julia Roberts in that film, The Pelican Brief. She was foxy in that. So I'm going to go
0: with briefs. It's a good answer. In fact, I believe it's the right answer. That's right. Is Susetta? the only guitar you own oh
1: oh, that's a that's a that's an easy one yes um it's the only guitar that i've ever owned or played i refuse to play any other guitar um hmm. even if i break a string even if i get to a venue and for some bizarre reason they insist mm-hmm. upon me playing some other guitar
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know maybe it's like maybe it's a venue where they have a guitar that's like melted into the wall Mm -hmm. and that's like the whole deal of the venue is Mm -hmm. like you have to play this wall guitar Mm -hmm. i've never been to a place like that i'm just sort of using my imagination which is what songwriters do i Um, think
0: that's what pink floyd's the wall was about
1: i wouldn't know i Um, wouldn't either yeah (laughs) but uh so if even if i were in a situation like i'd still only play suzetta she's Mm -hmm. my one true love Mm -hmm. and all beautiful ladies have to take a back seat to her. And they know that coming right in the door. That's the first thing I tell a woman. Mm -hmm. I say, I like the way that your calves support your ankles, but Suzette is my number one. And if they are not interested after that, then they know which way the door is because that's usually pretty easy to locate in a room.
2: Now, Orwell, I always suspected, and maybe you can confirm this, is the song... All I need in my arms is you. Is that about Suzetta?
1: Ah, <laughs> it is. You got me. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote a song about a guitar. <laughs> On a oh. guitar. So if you think about it, the experience of writing that song and playing it every time, yeah it's the most beautiful lovemaking you can possibly imagine.
0: You stare at your guitar when you play that song, is that correct?
1: I do, unless there is a foxy lady in the front row.
0: In which case, does Suzetta give you permission?
1: I don't request permission. Suzetta is my wing person. Okay. And so it's understood. That makes sense. I mean, if if we were living in a world where it was possible for a man to have real conjugal relations with a musical instrument, then I think that we'd be having a different discussion. Of course. But she can't expect me to be monogamous given that anatomically it's not possible Mahog- for the two of us to really
0: mahogamous because it is a mahogany mahogany
1: <laughs> is that yeah that's right that's right
0: good one thanks yeah. well Orwell I think you should watch American Pie <laughs> American
2: Pie uh,
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, I think I might have seen the first half of that at some point sure
0: well Orwell would you like to play us out of our our time is almost over mm. for our radio show sure. and I know how much you hate the next group coming up
1: oh is this the uh is this the heavy metal hour yeah
0: it's, that's right it's the, it's the heavy metal our hour. Uh, our
2: normal time slot got cut in half second yeah. half the metal heads come in it's a weird <laughs> transition it is
0: a weird transition Jarring. easy listening to metal well, this is what our world has come to
1: well i'll play you the tune that you alluded to i'll play holding you in my arms
3: Here sure we
0: go. <laughs>
3: else Oh tonight I want you to myself Oh tonight If they come knocking at my door Oh tonight I'll say I don't need you anymore When I Hold you in my arms I think a million thoughts They come flying through my head Just like astronauts When I hold you in my arms I think How'd I get so lucky? I'm just like a baby In a bubble bath with his rubber ducky Oh yeah mm-hmm. Shana Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: this evening
3: would you sing to me from your <laughs> six strings of glory? Wouldn't you play me to sleep Would you hold me in my dreams Would you slow dance me to the edge of infinity When I hold you in my arms I cannot think of nothing else When I hold you in my arms I can't be anywhere else I just want you, Suzetta, I just want you, just want you, standing next to you. In silent lucidity.
0: Well, thank you, Orwell. Thank you for coming on our show. It's my pleasure. We have been Rick. And Rick. And Orwell Frank, I guess. And Orwell Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Peace, love, and good lovin' to all of you. That's right. Uh, You've been listening to WKJ1, The Rick and Rick Show. It's easy listening.
3: Who's ready to get metal? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's our show. Thank you to James Roan. <laughs> Thank you to James Roan <laughs> of <laughs> Troubadour. Uh, James, do you have any shows coming up right now?
1: Um, well, just The Mess every yeah. uh, every Saturday night at 9.30. That's right. Uh, Show X, I'm playing in that occasionally on uh, Monday nights at 8 o'clock. And um, I'm going to be restarting at Comedy Sports soon, so I'm looking forward oh, to lovely. that. Oh, lovely. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's and terrific. then Troubadour Whenever... That gets booked.
0: Do you, do you have a site for a troubadour so people could find out when you're Yeah, it's you're on playing?
1: Facebook, so if they look up troubadour, T R O U B A D O U R. So then they'll find all the shows
0: facebook.com slash troubadour please yeah. check them out uh so those other shows happen at huge theater that's huge theater at 3037 Lindale avenue south also go to com to check out those shows and others uh the mess is fantastic as anybody who's seen them knows uh show x is pretty much the best value for your money uh for any show in town so please check that out philip what do you have going on well, listeners
2: to Troubadour might like music and improv smashed together in interesting ways. You can come see the local music scene once a month at Lake Bowl. Uh, if this comes out in February, which it might, uh, the 27th, we're going to have Amanda Costner as guest. She's Good. she's a comedic songstress. Mm-hmm. March 31st is a Friday. We're going to have Rosie Nesgen. Uh, I'm not pronouncing that right mm-hmm. uh, but she's a former it's a real C. She's a former <laughs> she's a former Miss uh, North Dakota oh. and won the talent portions for for her songs. Cool in that and then in April April 29th a Saturday we're gonna have Dave Dvorak who uh, recently produced a, an album and all of the proceeds from it go to Boat Refugee Foundation so the uh, that show will be a f- uh, fundraiser as well for. Boat Refugee Foundation very cool uh, of course you can always go to youtube.com slash philipsimondet for music and sketches and all kinds of things Yep, yeah, you're getting some of that stuff going all right uh philip how can people get a hold of us they can like us on facebook.com slash next at bat send us a po- an email at next at podcast at gmail.com and check us another amazing podcast out on noise picnic.com
0: including totes recall go to itunes uh rate and review us let us know what you think it really helps us out a lot tune in next week when we don't have anybody booked right now do we it'll be someone amazing okay when somebody else will be on but until then as always pay attention to your local singer songwriters